Hey world, my name is Sir. And I'm Modern Malcolm. We are the hosts of Negroes You Don't Like Podcast, also known as NYDL. We are black husbands and fathers who are married and yes sisters to black women. We are your everyday man's intellectual and more opinionated than the guy who sits around at the barbershop talking shit for hours and never gets a cut. We want to empower our communities and spread knowledge with best practices to hand off the baton to the ones next up. Only one major challenge. We can't do it alone. Calling out everyone who wants to pass on a stronger legacy to start right here on Patreon with us. Get exclusive access to unreleased episodes and extended episodes we like to call Loose Ends. Or whatever other fly that we could think of. Simply search for Negroes you don't like on Patreon and click join to tap in. Reminder, you may not like us, but you'll learn to respect and support what we stand for. Peace. Peace. Let me tell you something. Y'all don't messed up now. You want to know how the system is able to swallow up so much of our kids into the prison system? You want to know how? A lack of leadership in the homes. One parent, one parent going to work or doing what the hell level. The other parent, you don't know what the hell going on. And the child is left to their own devices, doing whatever the hell they want to do, trying to learn about the world on their own. That's really what happens. You put children, we put too many children in vulnerable positions and then we're surprised when something bad happens to them. Isn't that the whole, isn't that the reason why being in a vulnerable position is a bad position to be in? If we put our children in vulnerable positions, they are, they are left as prey. They, they become prey. They become prey. That's why so many of them go down. That's why, that's why, that's why we have such a high level of atrocities in the community. And all of this is, and all of this cannot be fixed with, you know, I told my wife this the other day, we were talking about reparations. Oh, y'all gonna remember this episode. I'm, I'm already claiming it. This is classic. She was telling me, you know, what, what do you think the strategy would be? What do you, how much money do you think, you know, because they make excuses as to why they can't pay us so much money. I said, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think a flat dollar amount is the answer for the majority of the black community. I said, if they do that, and I don't understand why they haven't because they know the spending patterns of <laughs> our real, community. <laughs> like, I, like, like, honestly, Seriously. if you gave if you gave out reparations to the black community, that <laughs> would be one of the that would be one of the greatest stimuluses to the American economy. <laughs> For real, brother. Do you do you understand? Do you, boy? Do you know how you you would it would be a, you would be on a six month waiting list to get into Houston's. <laughs> you understand Cheesecake Factory? You would need to have like they would have to create a whole VIP section. It's crazy, brother, but it's so true. You know and we all know it. We all know it's true. <laughs> like we do, like Come we on, know man. It. We all know. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Louis Vuitton would have to. Louis Vuitton would have to create so many more sweatshops around the world. Back order because they would, years. they would not be able to keep up with the amount of money flooding their pocket. We all know okay, this, brother. Cadillac. Oof. What? <laughs> Escalades. Man, listen. So that part, that, and, and I told her that, and she was just like, oh, "I hate to say it, but it's true." <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we all know people. I don't even get it. I'm like, I'm like, that would be one of the greatest stimuluses to the American economy. Now, I do know that some of the white supremacists, they know that not all black people are like this. So I think what they're what they're fearing is that enough enough intelligent black people get together and they'll start to do things. Like they'll mm-hmm. really start to make power moves. That's that's where the fear is. The yeah. fear is not in the fear is not in what the majority would do. The fear is in the power of the minority and their and their ability to unite with this new game financial resource. That's what the fear is. Because now so, be, we'll be able to mm-hmm. compete 
specifically as to give and you know the opportunity that they have with the 40 acres and a mule so it's a, oh, it's a sure. game changer brother generational yeah. change you know what i'm saying considering inflation and interest oh that's a lot of money you know what i'm saying estimates estimates have been anywhere between you know 13 trillion remember this is t not b not billion you know billion sounds sexy trillion sounds unfathomable you understand <laughs> do you over, overstand okay the lower estimates have been 13 trillion think about that that those are more conservative estimates which means they're that number can be significantly higher in the U.S., it's right. 30, 31 million trillion in, in debt. Hey, damn, that's about listen. damn. That's almost equivalent to the whole debt of the entire country, brother. You see what I'm saying? It, it's, it's serious business. Mm-hmm. Serious business. So, so I told her. I said, you know, I said the real power would be in, you know, maybe doing something like um, making college free for the next eight generations or ten generations, right? And then also after you, but I'm, when I say college free, I'm not talking about that, that, that phony free college where your tuition is free, but you got to pay for housing. We ain't talking about that shit. No, no, no. We talking about real free college. Like your book's free, your food free, your housing is free, 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 free. You understand? All the way down, all the way down. The same way the labor was free, 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 free. All of these programs are free, 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 free. Mm. Okay. So um, now when you do something like that, now you're putting, now you're putting the, 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 the onus on black people to make use of this newfound resource. And I told her as it relates to real estate. So if you have a home where the market rate for that house is 400,000, we should instantly get 50% off the price, no closing fees, no down payments. Shit, we're going to put you on the ballot for 2024, brother. Hey, listen, hey, hey, your brother got, your brother got <laughs> ideas now. Your brother got ideas because, because, you know, the whole point is to address the instability, the economic instability of the community. Here's the thing, you really can't address the emotional, the spiritual, the social instability. That's what the money can't fix. That's the issue. What NYDL is trying to fix is what money can't fix, which means that it has more value. I want y'all to really think about that. What we are aiming to resolve is deeper than money. And most of us can only think on the terms of dollars and cents. And that's the problem. The furthest we can go, our mind, the furthest most of us will allow our minds to go is what is the economic value of it? How much it costs? Oh, it's $30. All right. I got $29. I just need one more dollar. Not being there for your son in his formative years, try to put a dollar amount on it. Let me know. You you, you can't. You, you can't even think to figure it. Like, there's no amount of money you can give him to make him respect the fact that you did not find him valuable enough to spend time with him to, to mold him into a young man. And to show him what a man is supposed to be, how a man is supposed to take care of his family, how a man is supposed to love a woman, how a man is supposed to love his kids, how a man is supposed to love his community, how a man is supposed to love himself. So that's the reason why what we are discussing here is so, so powerful because all the other things are a little bit easier, more, more easier to absorb because you're saying, okay, if I do this, I got the potential to make this. But what we're saying is with, even with your potential to make this, it has to be to pour back into your family and it has to be. And then now we're trying to help you evolve to the point where even if you don't have money, you can be you can still live this earth and be one of the richest men on the planet. You don't have to be the wealthiest man financially to have a rich life. You don't. Everybody's not going to die a millionaire. And I do know there's those who say everybody can do it if they just follow these financial principles. I get all of that. But I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you. You do not have to be financially rich to have a rich life. And this don't got shit to do with Balenciaga, man. I'm talking about finding purpose in your life that's beyond what money can buy. Money Money can't buy everything. It can't. It can buy many things, but it cannot buy everything. You can't buy back the time with your children. 
and we all know, brother, even uh, from our own personal experiences or kids, well, now adults, mm -hmm. now adults, but at, at one point in time as well with them, that it didn't matter how many gifts they received and the amount the gifts were. If the if the void was there as far as a father or a mother being present, that's what truly had a more much more of a overla you know everlasting impact on that individual. It wasn't the amount that was spent, brother. Kids could give a damn about about the money. They don't care. Listen. They don't care about that if you're not present. Listen, I know when kids become teenagers, finance finances do weigh a lot more because you know they want things and things cost money. I get it, but in the grand scheme of things, even after they grow out of that phase, I can assure you, there's gonna become a point in life where they're gonna be like, man, that iPhone I was hassling my parents about, they couldn't afford. That ain't that really ain't mean shit to me. Everybody has their moment of clarity. Everybody has their epiphany moment. And I can assure you, and, and this is what, and the reason why I'm so resolute, the reason why I'm so rooted in what I believe, because I went to a private, expensive private high school on a basketball scholarship. Well, it really was an academic scholarship, right? I say basketball scholarship because it sounds, you know, it sounds more sexy. But at the end of the day, <laughs> You know That's how you got your wife. You on basketball hey, scholarship? Nah, I wish. So <laughs> you ain't gonna get much pull saying you on an academic hey, scholarship. Huh? Listen, that'll be a you know cool cool story, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so because technically they can't, they, you know, they can't recruit and give out athletic scholarships in high school. So my grades were high enough to where they could give me an academic scholarship, but really it was an athletic scholarship. But it was beneath. It was it was hidden underneath a quote unquote academic scholarship. Because if I had good grades, but my jump shot was trash, then you would just be on the smart. You'll give a shit. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, I, when I was in that environment, you know, this this private school was like thirty seven thousand dollars a year to go to. That was tuition. You had to pay for your book separate. Like this high school cost more. Dig a damn. What, yes, cost more than what many colleges cost. Right. It, it was almost like going to UM, but you're just in high school. You're doing all this for a high school diploma. So, so those two years of high school, this is why I really. This is what part of the reason why I really feel not only honored, but I really feel like I can offer a lot of insight to uh, the black community because many of us just assume that people with money, all their issues get resolved with money. I didn't learn about therapists for children until I got to that school. Hmm. I didn't know that children saw therapists, but at that school, most of them kids had a therapist. At that school, most of those, a lot of those children were not a lot, but there was a decent amount of the children who were emotionally struggling and acting out because their parents were getting a divorce. At that school, that's the first time I heard about rehab for kids. I thought rehab was only for grown ass people and crackheads. It's crazy. No, crackheads. Well, yeah, crackheads. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I didn't know. I was just wild. I'm like, I'm like, only crackheads go to rehab. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know addiction was something. I, I used to think that addiction was something that only people on the streets are dealing with. Mm -hmm. I didn't make the connection that addiction is something that so you could be living in a house and you're dealing with somebody who's dealing with addiction. Yeah. Right? Everything could look good on the outside and you're dealing with addiction is tearing apart your family. So. You know, I'm all these things I'm embracing while I'm in high school and I'm seeing how these people are moving. I'm looking at the dysfunction, but I'm also looking at the positive things. I'm looking at the fact that, you know, these kids, they did have a, a, a above average of an understanding of money. They did have a greater sense of purpose on their life. Like they were more they were more sure about what their destiny was going to be. Even if even if somebody told it to them, they a lot of them, have, a lot of them bought into it. But it wasn't a negative destiny. It was a positive destiny. Oh, you're going to be going to med school. Oh, you're going to be an engineer. Oh, you, we want you to go to this kind of college to have this, these kind of networks with, with, with your classmates. Right. So that you can have a better life. Oh, you're going to college so that you can, you know, positively impact the family business. Right. These are discussions that they were having before high school graduation. A lot of them told me these are discussions they were having ever since they were in elementary school. 
right? So, so it was a situation where it was just, it was, it was inevitable. When, 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 when somebody is speaking, when somebody is speaking to you about your destiny for that long, it's hard for somebody to trick you out of your position, so to speak. Can't nobody trick out of your position when you've been, when you have, when it's been ingrained in you, what your position has been almost since you've been on this planet. So the idea of failing don't even make sense. They can't, like the idea of failing, when I was in that environment, the idea of failing, it just, it didn't make sense. They're like, failing, like how? What, like, what do you mean fail? I don't, they don't know what that means. What do you mean fail? Fail, what? No. When it was time to graduate, the, the question was not, are you going to college? It's which college are you going to? What do you, you know, they would flex with acceptance letters, not with, not with the kind of shoes they had on. That's how they flexed. I remember people getting into Ithaca College. I was like, what the hell is that? Oh, you don't know Ithaca College? Oh, shit. That's when I started learning about these things. Cornell. Cornell came to my came to my high school to do a presentation. Cornell. That's real, brother. Cornell's Ivy. Cornell's Ivy. That's elite right there. You see what I'm saying? NYU. You know what I'm saying? Georgetown, Davidson, Dartmouth. These are the kind of these are the kind of discussions and the kind of understanding that I was learning in my formative years in high school. And I'm learning all of this. And I'm sitting back and, all, and I'm absorbing some of it. And I'm saying to myself, wow. I'm like, black people, we're behind. Hmm. We, we are behind in ways that even at that time, I could not quantify. I couldn't make sense of. We're behind in so many ways. Because it was so refreshing to be in that environment where being smart was, it was cool. It's cool to be smart. Like, nobody would make fun of you for being smart. Like, it didn't make sense. What do you mean? <laughs> You're supposed to be smart. Isn't that the whole point of going to school? So I'm in that environment where, unfortunately, too many times in our community to be smart, you get made fun of. And, and, and all it is is really a projection because all it does is make all the people who are all the, all the people who make fun of you for being smart. It's just a projection of inferiority that they feel because nobody made them feel enough value. To where they ever felt powerful, because to be to be smart is, in essence, is to be powerful. But what we have adopted is if I can be if, if I can be powerful on this basketball field, if I can be powerful on this football field, that's real power. Because that's something that you you see enough people who look like you're doing and excelling at to where some of us truly feel like that's the only things that we should be doing. So anybody who, you know, any 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 person who looks like us who's who's excelling outside of that, instead of trying to learn more from them, we just wanna, you know, we wanna castigate them, we wanna criticize them, we wanna we want to tell, hey, man, you're weird. Stay over there. So understand it, it really was just it was such an eye opening experience and it, it stayed with me till today. It all it did was reaffirm what I already believed. And what I already believed was that we have work to do. We are. And the sad thing is many of the things that I am wanting or not just I'm wanting many of the things that we lack today were things that we taught the other world long ago. Understand? We are the originators of mathematics. Meanwhile, we have some of the lowest test scores today. Think about that for a second. We led the world in math. We taught the world about astronomy. We taught the world about science. The Hippocratic Oath was something that was taken from Imhotep, which was an Egyptian doctor who performed open heart surgery long before the idea of medicine even existed. Mm. Before, think about that for a second. So many of the things that we are deficient at, 
are the things that we taught the world. So that's why the idea of the word I heard. Um, I think I heard Maya Angelou or it may have been somebody else. But I think it was I think it might be her. That's why she said the word remember is so important. She's like, think about the word remember. You remembering, remembering a portion of who you were in the past or an event that happened before. A lot of us are having to remember, rejoin who we once were. When you hear people say, oh man, you know, we were once great. And you know, people say this and they kind of, you know, people laugh under their breath. No, what the hell are you talking about? It's not a joke, it's serious. Many of the things that we say today, oh, black people don't do, man, we don't do no silence. You, it is laughable. These are the things that we taught the rest of the world. Philosophy, we taught Aristotle. We taught Socrates. We taught the world. They went to the University of Timbuktu before they burned it down. Why do you think Alexander the Great knocked the, knocked the uh, nose off the Sphinx? He was astounded at how progressed that society was and how savage and menial his society was in comparison. It was, it was an act of aggression, an act of jealousy. So many times when we, when we are doing things or, or, or the things that we believe plagues us, these are things that once did not plague us. You know, like we like to say in our community, we got tricked out of our position. We got tricked out of our position so good to where we didn't even know we was in that position before. In the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and the funny thing is the person who tricked you out of your position is the one who you go to to teach you about their position. Because they, they ain't never going to tell you about your position. They're never going to tell you about who you want to work. No, 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 no. We ain't doing that. We're going to tell you this is how we do it. And we're the standard. You should be doing it like we do it. That's the mental, that's the mental warfare that takes place. And now it's so bad to where, you know, me and you, the way we live, the, the way we live in our lives as black family men, it's so sad because we have people in our community that will look at us and feel like, oh man, they lame, dog. They not, dang, they, they not living. How could they be living? They ain't living good. They life ain't hitting on that. What? Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? We operate in such extremes that it, it, it literally just <laughs> we we operate in extremes to our detriment in so many ways. You see that you see that we're dirt poor about to be under a bridge or we're like mega rich. Right. It seems like these are the only stories that, that can grab our interest. We love we love watching ESPN and hearing about the boy who slept with his single mother in the car and he was eating bologna sandwiches out of trash. And now, he, you know, he's an NFL superstar. We love hearing those stories. Um, and you know, you know, a lot of us, you know, we get tear in our eye, we start crying, man, I'm glad he made it, man, he grind from the bottom, made it to the top. And I'm like, yes, the story's great, but I want you to understand that story is not how that story ends for 99% of people in that position. That's not how that story ends, my friend. That story looks a lot different when the cameras are off for most other people. And the only reason you even know about that story is because that person had athletic ability was able to turn it into something. Imagine if he didn't have athletic ability. Then what? Then what? Another statistic. Thank you. So it's just more times than not. So it's just like we we it's the extremes that catch our attention. And we really have to grow out of that. That's one of the things we have to evolve out of. The quote unquote boring life, that's the life most of us need to aim to. That's the one we need to aim to. We both are sitting in our house. The only noise you're gonna hear is our children. An alarm going off 
or indigestion. Them the only things you're going to hear. You ain't going to hear a whole bunch of craziness outside, people yelling and slamming bottles, blasting music all hours of the night. That's not what you're going to hear. And guess what? That's okay. That I don't. That's not bad to me. I don't have to sleep worrying if somebody's going to hop through the window. I'm not saying it can't happen, but the likelihood of it happening is pretty low. You know, social media got us in a place where if we're not if we're not driving this kind of car, being able to wear these kind of clothes, like we so we lack parental wisdom so much in the wisdom of how to live so much that we would allow something as artificial as social media to, to tell us what's supposed to make us happy. That's how scary this thing is. Some people I literally think without social media, some people wouldn't even figure out, wouldn't even know what makes them happy. Because they're so lost. Really, nine times out of ten, when I'm on social media, all I'm seeing is lost people. I'm seeing lost people and hurt children. I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a whole bunch of young, uh, you know, men and women. Not all of them, but I'm seeing a lot of men and women who are looking for better versions of their parents. Somehow, some way. So, you know, I, I really, I really want us to, you know, I really wanted this episode to settle in to the psyche of our listeners, our new listeners and our existing listeners, why are we really doing what we're doing? You'll hear us talk about a whole myriad of things, but I really want our listeners to understand and our family to understand because, you know, black people, what we are good at, we're good at many things. But one of the things that I do like about us is that the family, here's the ironic thing, the family concept, we really do understand. We will, we have so many fake cousins. <laughs> if black people had a family, black, if black people had a family reunion, we compared our family reunion to the reunions of other families, of other races, <laughs> no family reunion is bigger than black people. Because if you was in a fucked up situation, it's going to be somebody, it's going to, nine times out of 10, it's going to be somebody. It's usually a woman, but it is a man too, uh, sometimes too, but more times a woman who will reach out, whether it's a woman in the church or a woman in the neighborhood, will reach out and let you know that you have purpose, you got child, and you are worth more than what you're saying you're worth. You wanted food, they made sure you ate. You needed clothes, things were rough in your house, you spent the night in other people's homes who, who you don't share their last name with. So we get the concept. We really do. The kind of brotherhood you feel being on a team, a basketball team or football team, that's why it's so powerful in our community because some of the healthiest relationships that we have in the family dynamic, they live inside of, inside of sports context. The brotherhood I felt on a basketball team is it's, it's powerful. And the brotherhood you hear other, you know, other black men hear about on a football team, it's powerful. Sometimes the bonds from those teams are more powerful than the bonds they have in their own families. Many years later, you, you hear them talk about with so much joy about what it was like to be on those teams and how it made them feel. And how, and, how it, and how it felt good to sacrifice for the guy to the left of them, for the guy to the right of them. And if they were able to win a championship, oh man, they never, they, that feeling never leaves them. So we get, we understand family. We do understand family. It's just that when it comes time to understand family off the field of play, off the basketball court, off the football field, too many times it's the pain of family that we bond over. We don't do, we don't do a good enough time bonding over the positive experiences. We bond so much over the pain of our experiences with family. So all of this trauma bonding, you know, somebody said something one time and it really, it, it, it froze me. Sometimes you hear things and it freezes you. They was like, you know what? If you a black person and you really don't understand who you are, you have no knowledge of yourself. If you take away the pain from, if you take away the pain from black people, what else do we have to bond over? What else do we have in common? Let's take brother. I said, what? Whew. 
Took my breath away. Took my breath away. Took my breath away. I said, okay, I get it now. We have to learn how to love each other beyond the pain that we have, which means we have to actually see people. We have to actually take the time to learn people, but we also have to take the time to, to, you know, to build people up. Because at the end of the day, man, broken people tend to come from broken people. But here's what I'll tell you. Just because none of us, well, first of all, it's very rare. None of us are, are completely whole, but most of us are, you know, fighting to evolve and understand life, you know, in a better way. As long as we're living, we're supposed to, we're supposed to constantly be in process. That's really supposed to be the goal. But we really need, we really need to put up our best foot effort when it comes to proving to these kids, our our children, that we are going to be a better version of the past generation. We really have to take the time to learn about to learn about who we are and we have to we have to find positive even if we as parents we recognize that without we have parts of us that are so broken that we know is you know that is going to damage our children we at least have to be selfless enough to say okay let me put my best foot forward in trying to introduce people into their lives that are positive that have that have something to offer my children by way of wisdom somebody was going to uh Somebody's going to help lead them down the right path. You don't, as a parent, you don't have to have all the answers, but one of, but, but one of the answers that you can have, that's a powerful one is recognizing when you don't know. And when you see somebody who, you know, can, can, can do better than you. And they take an interest in your child, let them, let them be a positive influence to your children. Don't take a blessing away from your child. Cause most of the time that blessing don't even cost you nothing. That blessing was put there in your life for you to benefit from. And you were turning away that blessing and then trying to curse God while your life is the way it looks. So with resolution solutions, let me tell you this, because there's so much that we touched on in this episode. But NYDL, we will become, because I'm claiming it, we will become the black family hub source. Damn right. We will, be, we will become the place that you come to as we evolve and grow. And we put together courses and material for you to easily digest because we understand that we just can't throw everything at you and expect you to just absorb everything all in one shot. No, 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 no. We need to break things down the same way you go to, to, to like you don't learn all of math in one year. They break it down. So we're going to break down certain elements of the black family dynamic. Even before we even get to family, you know, we're going to talk about dating, we're going to talk about marriage, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. And one of the more I'm pretty sure this, this is going to be interesting one how to stay faithful or big or come to an understanding in a relationship as it relates to infidelity. There's so, there's so much to learn. It's much more than you think. So much more than you think. How to deal with money in a relationship, right? These are things that for many different reasons, many of the people before us did not teach us. That's why we get in relationships and we can't benefit from them because we don't even have the tools or the perspective to even to even pour into a healthy relationship. Some of us, some of us can't even recognize a healthy relationship because all because all we really understand is toxicity. That's the only thing that we can identify. How to raise children in a relationship. Oh, absolutely. How do you decide? There's different parenting styles. What what if one parent believes in butt women and one parent just believes in time out? How yeah. do you come to a happy? How do you come to a happy medium? There's mean. There's so many different levels to this, man. This is why literally being in a relationship that eventually turns into a marriage, 
this it does become somewhat of a skill set it is a skill set it's not purely a skill set it's not like one plus it's not like a, like a mathematical equation you know people people are still people they're more complex than what we give them credit for but there there are some baseline skills that you need to at least give your relationship a chance you can't give your relationship a chance if you don't understand conflict resolution if every time you get mad you're ready to swing on somebody and just curse somebody out call them all kind of names out the book your mama ain't shit you ready to do all of that even if God blesses you with a good person in your life, there's no way you're gonna be able to keep them around. Cause so many people say, everybody, you know, people, you know, the people that's attracted to me, they just so bad. They just so this. They just so that. Have you ever considered that the way that you present yourself and your perspective and the way you think may be the reason why the right person is not entering your life? So many of us want things that we're not even ready for. So many of us pray for things that we can't even maintain. Well, how would I be talking about something? I'm praying for I'm praying for a good wife, but I'm sleeping with any woman that that'll wink at me. Come on, bro. How does that how, how does that work? How does that work? You see what I'm saying? <laughs> like like like, like we, we we really gotta. It's it's really cool to say you want a family. You want yeah yeah I want a strong black family, but. You can't be two-faced in the approach. I ain't say you got to be perfect now. I ain't say I was perfect. I never said you got to be perfect. But you cannot be somebody who's saying you want something, but you're not willing to put no work in to become the person necessary for that situation to be prosperous for the long term. We don't believe in marriage as a temporary institution. We don't believe in family as a temporary institution. I'm with my, I'm with my wife for death for real. <laughs> I told my wife I only Same wanted brother. to get married. I told my wife I only wanted to get married once. I'm not playing. Same, brother. If you, if, if anybody ever seen me with a second wife, you're going to say, oh my God, I'm so sorry for you. That's what you're going to say to me. You're going to be like, God bless us all. That's what you're going to say. You're not going to say, oh man, you, you done leveled up. You done found you, ooh man, you done found you Beyonce looking like, man. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what you're going to say. Promise you that. And, but, but, but I'm telling you, so, so many different topics. There's so many things that we are going to bring to you all, you know, I, I'm excited for y'all. I'm really excited for y'all. I want y'all to understand that what we that what we are developing, this is going to strengthen generations. This is going to be the thing that once you get your financial legacy in order, now your financial legacy has a real purpose. Now that's the power behind. That's the power behind all of that that you are working so hard for. Some of y'all work so hard. Some of y'all work so hard, but for what? What are you working hard for? You working hard for your children to disrespect you. You working hard for your baby mama to disrespect you. You working hard for your baby dad to disrespect you. You working hard for your children to disrespect you. You got no respect nowhere except at your job. But you working twelve hours a day for what? You can't even bring everybody together to eat a damn sandwich in peace. How are you gonna prosper from that? You can't even get your. You can't. Some of y'all can't even get your kids to say I like you. If they don't buy, if if you don't buy them the latest tech gadget, let alone I love you. Some of y'all need a gift in your hand for y'all children to even say they love you. So, no, 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 no. We are about bringing family back together. We're about bringing family together. Right. And, and I want to say this because it is I don't want it. I don't want it to be a problem. Yes, we talk about black family as it relates to black man, black woman. But we do understand. We understand that sometimes your spouse is not sometimes your spouse don't look like you. We get it. We get it. We're not saying that's the preference, but we get it. We're saying, okay, love who love you. So sometimes that's that's as simply as it comes down to love who love you. 
But even in that dynamic, when you, when you create children in that dynamic, trust me, those are black children. Now that we're not going to debate what you on. We're not going to debate what you on that. No. You pour, if you pour coffee into cream, it's no longer cream. Oh, ask anybody. Oh. Ask anybody. So you, you, you can play that game all you want. I'm, we're not here to play that game. So while you're raising your black children, some of y'all want to use the technical term biracial and all this other stuff, whatever. When the police show up, they're going to tell you who you are. Because some, some of y'all, some of y'all need that check to realize what your kids are. Hopefully you don't have to learn that way. But even on a, even on a DNA level, even on a genealogy level, you mix anything with black. It's no longer what it was before. Do your Googles. Do your Googles if you think we're talking shit. So while you're raising your black children, we, we, we're going to love them the same. I'm not, I'm not throwing away no black children because they're mixed. That's ridiculous. That's hateful. That's wasteful. I love them just the same. I don't love them any more or any less. I love them just the same. So please, I don't want you to, I don't want you to join our family, be scared about joining our family. Like, well, babe, I was going to, you know, I, I love them brothers, but you know, you ain't got enough melanin, man. I don't, I don't, they don't take- <laughs> I don't want you. I'm gonna keep it on. I don't want you to feel like, please, it ain't, don't, don't do that. But if you bring in the energy where you want to talk shit about black women and uplift your non-black women, kiss our ass. I can take that from the gym. Okay. We're not doing that either. We ain't doing that. We're gonna respect who you with, but we're not gonna put down a black woman to uplift any other woman. Stop right there. Yeah. Pump your brakes. Pump your whole damn brake. No, I'm on a mound to add to that, brother. You know, I just think that the building blocks to, to building families, man, is so key. And, you know, oh, YDL, that's what we're all about. You know, starting not only starting to give you those building blocks, but as well as be there for you along the process. Because we know absolutely. that it, it's a process. It's something that it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of us are dealing with personal trauma, generational trauma. So sure. we understand that all these are... Uh, you know, factors within this process. So no, here at NYDL, this is what we're about, man. We're about making sure that those building blocks uh, could have legs to stand on their own, man, not only for yourself, but for your future generation and your kids, kids, and so on and so forth, man. This this, this is what we're committed to. So, you know, I'm happy that we're able to go deeper into this episode so people can truly understand uh, where we, what really sparked us to, to begin this journey, but more importantly, how committed we are, brother. No, without a doubt, we're going to turn on generational curses and generational blessings. No doubt. We need to re-remember who we were and turn that into who we are in the context that we're living in today. We, we not only owe it to ourselves, we not only owe it to our ancestors, we owe it to our children. Even if you don't understand anything I just said before, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your children at least. Give them a fair shot at living the life that they deserve. And with that being said, we are greater when we appreciate we need each other. Hey world, you know what's fun? Talking to y'all more importantly, to give y'all a little insight a little backstory on what started this whole journey. But listen, this is just the beginning. We got a lot of work to do and we appreciate the supporters out there and those who are going to be a part of this journey with us. We got y'all. All right. We out. Peace. Peace.